Many of us enjoy our pets, but did you know that they can improve your health? Recent scientific studies show that owning pets can lower your blood pressure and stress. No wonder dogs are known as man's best friend. Stay tuned. If we want to understand some of this research, one place to go is back to Genesis. This is Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal. I'm Chris O'Brien with the Institute for Creation Research. It's something pet owners have been saying for years. Their furry friends make them feel better and add meaning to life. Now they have science to back up their claims. Research studies indicate that pets can have a positive effect on our lives. But how is this possible? Join us for the next 15 minutes as we take a look at these studies and hear first-hand accounts of how pets have been used to encourage people and change their lives. Dr. Alan Gillen is professor of biology at Liberty University in Virginia and author of the book Body by Design. He says the research, which was conducted at various universities and medical research centers in the United States, points to a number of health benefits for pet owners. Recently, there's been some scientific research that has correlated uh, pet ownership with a number of health benefits, evidence that shows that owning pets like dogs and cats lower your stress, they lower blood pressure and cholesterol levels, they provide better psychological health, i.e. less depression, they help lower heart attack rates, they also in many case studies show higher survival rates for those people who follow a heart attack or coronary heart disease, they recover faster from strokes, they enhance self-esteem and social interaction. Retired Canadian veterinarian Dr. Scott Hansen also studied the research findings. Pet owners have lower blood pressure, pet owners have lower blood cholesterol levels, they have a higher survival rate after serious illness, they have fewer doctor's visits, and there are a lot of mental and psychological benefits to pet ownership as well. Pets reduce loneliness, they fight depression. Dr. Gillen gives us details of another research experiment. One of the most intriguing studies reported by uh, Rutgers Health out of Atlanta, Georgia, and another study done by Dr. Karen Allen of SUNY New York at Buffalo did a study of 48 stockbrokers when their average blood pressure was measured, it would reach heights of 141 over 94, which already is a stress-induced blood pressure. It's hypertension, and if they continue to have that high blood pressure, they're at risk for arteriosclerosis and having a heart attack. And many of these stockbrokers take an anti-hypertension drug called lisinopril, and that brings it down but they decided to give to these same stockbrokers a dog and uh, have them for six months. Half the group did not have a pet, and their blood pressure remained in the 140s over 90 category. And yet those stockbrokers who had a dog for six months actually had dropped the blood pressure on the average to just about 130 over 85, some even down to 120 over 80, which now gets you into the normal healthy range. Could it have been that it was just the distraction of having a dog around and not the dog itself that resulted in the positive feedback of the study? Now, one may argue that, well, it's just by having something else to interact with. Well, they did a further study, and they tried a robotic dog instead of a real dog. And actually, 
they found that by having a robotic dog, that actually their serotonin levels would drop off and their blood pressure would go back up. So why did having a dog make such a difference in the stockbroker's blood pressure? Well, it seems that certain hormones in our body react when there's a pet in our lives. The most recent studies actually show what hormones are being released in the body as people interact with their pets. Hormones like serotonin, endorphins, prolactin, and oxytocin, all of those, the feel-good hormones, are now being shown to be released when people interact with their uh, pet. But why does having a pet release the antidepressant hormones in our bodies? What is this seemingly strong bond we have with animals? Dr. Hansen. It all comes down, again, to your worldview and how you view the relationship with animals and people originally. And if we go back to the Bible, Genesis tells us that God made animals with man on the same day. Moreover, the first job, the first task that was given to humans was for Adam to name the animals that God brought to him. So obviously there has always been this unique relationship between animals and people. Now animals are not created in the image of God, they're not eternal, but still, they're living creatures like ourselves. And it's just very interesting that God put that relationship there from the beginning. If we understand that relationship, we can understand why it is that animals have such a positive medical benefit for people. Dr. Gillen. If we want to understand some of this research, one place to go is back to Genesis. And we see that in Genesis 1.25, God said, And God made the beast of the earth after his kind, and the cattle after their kind, everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, and God saw that it was good. God declaring that animals are good basically tells us that he made the animals for our harmony and health. For decades, dogs have been helping the blind, deaf, and lame. In more recent years, pets have been involved in hospital and nursing home visits, too. Dr. Hansen. We had the opportunity to take pets to seniors' homes, and we found that uh, senior citizens responded so positively to pets, and sometimes it was the only communication that they really had outside of the caregiver. And we really enjoyed that because it was such a great experience. Dr. Jill Ring is a veterinarian and associate professor of nature science at Clearwater Christian College in Florida. Previously, while teaching high school, she would take her students and her therapy-trained pet to visit the Veterans Administration Hospital. But first... The dog had to get into the holiday mood. We dressed her like a little reindeer. She has a little antler set that goes over her head, and she has a little sweater that we made that's red, and then we took tops of um, Christmas stockings and sewed it onto each side of her. And in those pockets, we put candy canes and tracks, and we took her into the hospital. And with our students, they will go through, and they will sing Christmas carols. And as we walk through the hospital singing Christmas carols, the dog comes up from behind. As soon as they see the pet, then all of a sudden the eyes light up when they see an animal into the hospital. And this special canine visitor does more for the patients than just make them smile. It also opens doors for us to start talking with some of the patients, too. They start telling us about their pets, and it gives opportunities to start talking to them and possibly witnessing to them at the same time, especially if many are, have lost hope in life. So it gives us many different opportunities. One special visit that Dr. Ring says she'll never forget is when her dog lifted the spirits of an immobilized patient. Somebody that was strapped into a chair, somebody that had no movement at all, not able to even speak. And when he saw the person I was with and he saw me come in, there was really no response. But when he saw the dog dressed like a reindeer, 
his eyes just lit up. You can see it in his eyes. And the person I was with, she goes, this whole day is worth it just to see this man. Most children love animals, and many adults have fond childhood memories of their pets. But perhaps pets are more appreciated by disabled children because they offer them a kind of encouragement that others can't. Dr. Hansen. We also were able to take pets to uh, mentally disabled children in our community and just to see the kids enjoy these pets and to see some of the kids who were maybe more withdrawn than others would really come out and pet the animals, especially the cats, and to play with them. It was just such an encouraging thing to see. And the animals, it's a funny thing because animals seem to sense when somebody cares about them. And it's amazing that sometimes the ones that society may consider those who probably aren't maybe the most intelligent from our perspective are the ones that pets love the most. Larger animals, such as horses, can be life-changing friends for handicapped adults and children. Amy Timpson is an elementary school teacher and a certified riding instructor working with special needs adults and children. She says the children and the horses have a special relationship because the animals accept them regardless of their disabilities. Most kids love animals, love to bond with them. They really have a relationship with that animal that where they're totally accepted. A lot of times these kids go to school and, you know, the kids make fun of them and uh, they're not their friends, you know. And when they come to the barn and walk in that door, everyone there accepts them. And the horse accepts them unconditionally. It doesn't matter if they can't walk or if they're in the wheelchair or if they speak funny or, you know, or anything along those lines. The horse accepts them and the kids absolutely love that. And the horses offer the children a unique type of physical therapy. It helps strengthen their muscles. It helps with their um, balance, their coordination. You know, if you have a child that isn't used to walking and they're in a wheelchair or if they even walk with a walker so their gait isn't quite normal, getting on the horse mimics the walking, a normal walking pattern of a human. And so suddenly those nerves are starting to get the correct impulses just by riding a horse. One example of the physical benefits received from horseback riding is seen in the progress of a little boy with cerebral palsy. Absolutely wonderful, bright child. He was young, about five years old. And he would come to his lesson and absolutely loved to ride. And when he would be walking down the aisle to go to the ramp to get on his horse, his uh, little shoes had the little light-up things on them. And as he was walking, one shoe would light up and the other shoe wouldn't because his gait was not even. And we'd put him on the horse and he'd ride. And when he would get off and walk back down the aisle, both of his shoes would light up, which is showing that by riding that horse, it had loosened up his muscles and it helped him get a more accurate or proper heel-toe pattern when he was walking so that he was putting even and consistent weight on both legs instead of just on one leg. Amy Timpson also tells of a young man with autism whose life was changed by the riding program. He had very poor self-esteem at school. Kids made fun of him. He didn't like to go to school. He didn't like working with other children his own age. He was very alienated from other kids. And over the course of the two years that he was riding, we saw a tremendous change in him. When he first came to the barn, he would barely even touch the horse. And we finally got him to get on the horse, and he was scared to death. He had to have a leader and two sidewalkers on both sides of him. And as time progressed, he started to realized that this was something he could do. And he, this child got to the point where he was able to ride the horse without any help whatsoever at the walk and at the trot, completely independent. So how did this help the child? As a result of him gaining all this self-confidence, 
He also blossomed in other areas of his life. He started making friends. He started feeling a lot more confident in himself at school. He didn't walk around with his head down and a hunched back. Now, suddenly this child was successful at something in his life. And as a result of that success, it carried over into other areas of his life. So we see once again how God's creation benefits man. And we can be thankful to our Creator for giving us animals, especially the pets that help us, our elderly, and our children. Amy Timpson. Anytime you take a child that has a challenge and put them in a setting with an animal that's going to accept them unconditionally and that they're going to be able to relate to, you're going to see benefits. You know, you have people working with dogs and you have miniature horses and dogs and things like that that go and visit nursing homes. And you see the way that those residents just light up when the animal walks into the room. You know, it just brings, it just brings joy to them to be able to see that young and vibrant animal. As our program comes to a close, we hope that you've been encouraged. It's our desire at ICR to show that the Bible can be trusted, both historically and scientifically, and to give facts that will build your faith. As Christians, we need to understand the scientific basis for our beliefs. We pray that this program will aid you in your discovery of science and the Bible. You know, most people aren't aware that today there are thousands of scientists that are convinced of the truth of biblical creation and not evolution. Our non-denominational ministry aims to restore and strengthen the Genesis foundations of the Christian faith. If you've enjoyed today's edition of Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, why not visit us on the web to find out more about the work of ICR. The address is www.icr.org. Again, www.icr.org. Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a Creation Radio Journal, is a production of ICR. For the Institute for Creation Research, I'm Chris O'Brien. Thanks for tuning in.